Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today Imanyana. I'm Alex. This is Xavier. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on a, on a sunny morning in Charlotte, Virginia. It's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful It's a special day. So I just wanted to say today's a special day. So, so his brothers and myself decided to gift Alex a... Café con leche. An actual café con leche. So now when I say that it's a beautiful day to grab your café con leche and get into your cozy place, this is exactly what I have myself. I'm in my cozy chair, and I have my café con leche courtesy of, I think it was Nick who brought it. Thank yes. you, Nick. And so uh, in honor... It was, it was not my idea. I know. It, wasn't, it was Xavier's idea. And I was the labor. And Michael's going to pay for it. There you are. There you are. Michael will get the We're yeah. all in. Yeah. That's Bad end of the deal. So be sure to it, grab your cafe. It was $34. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nothing like it, huh? Yeah. Nothing like a cafe con leche in the morning here in Charlottesville. And of course, it is our 100th show, so we are very excited. We, we have uh, some just some fun chatting planned. Absolutely. I mean, which is basically what we do every day on Today. Like we always tell all our guests, it's basically a conversation. You're going to be sitting at a table with Xavier and myself. And today we have at our table Nicholas and Michael, the other Erpies. Thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah. We're happy to be here. Thanks, thanks for coming. It's very special. Yeah. The other foundation of the show. Exactly. They, they've the been pitching in. So they, have, yeah. they have been pitching, pitching in. Many times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure we will get comments from the other foundation of the show, which is <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Erpy, that she will send us some questions and comments on today's uh, I like how, you know, show. earlier you mentioned how, remember how you said that Jerry spent one minute praising you and 30 minutes, you know, telling you what you could do better. That was nothing compared to when they got home and then Mama Erpy had about an hour's <laughs> worth of stuff to make her done better. You know, so because she's experienced. You guys want She knows great about job. how now here's everything you can do to make it better, yeah. <laughs> including what you should exactly, what precisely you should say next time. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we're, but we we love Mama Erpy and all the great work that she does behind the scenes. She really uh, is important to the show, and uh, of course we love the Olive Evil Network. Just to thank you for Jerry for thinking of this in the first place, and, <laughs> Absolutely. and yeah. saying, hey, you guys want to do a show? And thank you for Judah. He's been behind the camera for all but one, I think. Yes. All but one show where Jerry spelled wow. for him when he was That's on amazing. The, when he took his like one day of vacation a year. <laughs> you know, one day, <laughs> <laughs> and he happened to take it that Just day. Happened to take yeah. it on a Thursday. Next time, take it another day, will you? <laughs> so he's been behind the show since the beginning. Um, thank you to Emergent Financial Services and to our, our current partners: Castle Hill Cider, Credit uh, Serious Insurance, the Jim Seville Forward Adelante Business Alliance. Of course, we always appreciate even our past. Partners that have partnered with, on the, with us on the show, you know, it's like, it's like business, right? People, people come and go, and you know, they always no, made it all possible at the beginning. Too. Yeah, they appreciate exactly. everyone who made it possible at the beginning, including Aquasivo Hand Wash, GBS Financial Services, Vite Spirits, and Cristel Noel State Farm. So we just appreciate all, all our uh, partners throughout the years. Yeah. That we have had throughout the hundred shows. Throughout yeah. the hundred shows, it's well, it's years now too. It's yeah, two nice plus true. years. Two years yeah. yeah, we are now exactly. in the plural. Yeah, in the plural of, uh, yeah. of years as well as shows. <laughs> yeah, that well, we it's, are doing. it's pretty cool because I mean this is literally the third year. I mean we're in January, so it's yep. it's almost two years, which I guess you know, fifty two weeks out of the year. So we're at hundred shows, so it's pretty close. Yeah, yep. yeah. absolutely. That's, that's you know, we don't. We're on a Thursday, so we don't do Thanksgiving. <laughs> we, we do take a break something uh, for everyone to be one. thankful for <laughs> exactly exactly so we just appreciate everyone who's been with us uh, throughout the years and all our guests from the very <laughs> first ones you remember which shout out Lucrecia 
Uh, and Bernardo Rochesia was uh, uh, liked one. the show this morning. She's watching the morning. She was one of our first guests. Exactly. And Bernardo. Yeah. Well, that was so the they first. Were the first they were the first guests. Yeah, they were literally, they were literally the, first, the first, guests. Yeah. first guests on the show. So really appreciate uh, both of you for uh, all, all your support. Uh, amigos del programa. Amigos del programa. Amigos del programa. Right. Uh, couple shout-outs. Elizabeth Erpi. Watching the show this morning, loving the show this morning. There's a heart there. She is loving the show this morning. Uh, Elizabeth Miller, Dr. Miller, watching the show this morning. She says, happy 100th. You guys are my favorite show to watch on Thursdays. (laughs) (laughs) During the week, not just on Thursdays, I'd hope. I'm sure it's every day. Every Every day. day. On the weekend, she likes one of those other shows. It's her favorite (laughs) show to watch. Uh. So thank you to to everyone. Be sure to like and share this morning's show. Uh, Send in any comments, questions. We've got a lot Bunch or of stuff we are going to cover. Suggestions some or suggestions, or suggestions for the upcoming or hundred shows. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you especially know, we, that. That's right. Well, we I get mean, recommendations. Yeah, I have to actually say if we're going to shout out, I remember that Johnny Ornelas in Philadelphia both send us multiple suggested guests. So of thank course, you to them. Johnny Ornelas from yeah. Boulder Cross, Guadalajara, and El Mariachi on yeah. Giant Crossroad, which is doing tremendous business. It's a fantastic place. So it really is a big shout out if you if you are in that, even if you're not. Out in that direction, it's like 20, 25 minutes. Go to El Mariachi. Oh, it's, it's delicious. It. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. It's so it's good. Delicious. Especially the, there's like the choripollo. There's this thing where they have the. I have to mention it. I'm going to say it's morning. <laughs> you got the fries, but they put like the chorizo and like the cheese on top of them. So it's like, oh, it's like. The fries? <laughs> yes, French but fries. But pollo is chicken. I, I don't know why it's called choripollo, but it's like. Was there chicken on the side? No, there wasn't oh. chicken, but it was like. I think that's what it was called, but it, I don't think I that's. I think it was something else. Well, chorizo for chorizo. You know? Yeah, yeah, well, some kind of. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, maybe something. Maybe, maybe it's supposed to choripolo. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it looks like. A I don't know. It was something delicious with fries. Yeah, it was like that buddy chorizo. Show. Maybe it's choripapas. Maybe it was choripapas. That's probably yeah, what it was. It's probably yeah, choripapas. I was gonna yeah, say yeah, the the chorizo popes. But you should uh, you should uh, definitely check out El Mariachi because Johnny and us Pinamito the programa. They yes, were one of the first yes. to send us uh, Claudia Cruz from uh, yes, along with uh, Repos Dulce and the Leche. And we're having Repos somebody come, Mills. right? So isn't uh, eventually? Oh, Sandy Arnelas will there be coming on the show from Sandy Boo Photography. Yeah, is going to be joining us later this year, yeah, in, uh, yeah. in March, I believe, coming on the show. We've got a lot. We'll, fun, we'll yes. mention some of the amazing um, entrepreneurs, upcoming. Latinos that are upcoming. On the show for sure. We got a lot. We're not just gonna, you know, sit here and chat it up today. We actually have some some topics to cover. We, we have, have some content. content. We have some amazing content for all of you. But be sure to sell, send us uh, questions, comments, um, and people that you would like us to feature on the show because that's what that's what we love doing. Oh, one other shout out, of course, our logo, Lily Dadai from Seattle uh, Creative. Uh, you see that every time when you see the orange today Imaniana logo. That's right, exactly. It's a great so a shout out there. But wasn't uh, it Pops who came up? That was you who came up with today. Man. Yeah, today yes. Manana was yeah. Xavier's yeah. brainchild. Yeah, it's a fantastic name. Mm-hmm. I every, just kept it simple. Every exactly. 30, 40 years, he gets one of those <laughs> epiphanies. And all it takes is one. That's what that's Tesla all. said. Yeah, that's all exactly it takes right. is one. Yep, exactly. And I got today Manana. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. AC engine, today Manana. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Alrighty, so gentlemen. Well, how, where do we want to dive? We have a couple topics today. I know we've got um, Latino savings is going to be a topic we can talk about. Um, dividend, some dividend research. Um, what's going to happen this year? Little crystal ball. I know we've got some the, the evil R word. 
uh, taught. <laughs> That's right. Uh, which, you know, the, yeah, that which shall not be named. Yeah. So, so, so I figured, you know, obviously the goal here, I mean, we're a financial company, right? So the goal here is to at least uh, for the first maybe 30 minutes or so mm -hmm. talk a little finance, um, you know, touch, touch upon a few topics that are of interest. But, you know, one of the things that you and I always talk about is, is and people ask us, ask us this all the time, is this the right time to go into the market, mm -hmm. right? And uh, the answer is, it's always the right time, right? Um, the question is, of course, if you have, you know, if you have $100,000, you say, I've never invested in my life, and that's all I have, do I invest today? That's a different question than, should mm -hmm. I be in the markets, right? Because um, there's a transition process exactly. there. Exactly. Well, um, how much should you exactly. invest? You know, no one's saying, you know, put $100,000 straight into, into, you know, Google stock or something. Exactly, exactly. So, so later, you know, so I'll go through some numbers there. Um, but I know that um, Mr. Nicholas here had some topics he wanted to cover, which are, are, are terrific. Well, I topics. thought you were going to lead off with. Uh, oh yes, what? I'm no, leading off. one of your. Well, because it's interesting. Because my dad yesterday goes, ah, no surprises. Send me all the research that you'll have. <laughs> so I sent him all the stuff I had. And now I look over at his desk, and he's got some he didn't send to me. Oh so no, 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 no. So I don't. No, no. <laughs> I, I, did, I don't have any his, surprises. It's oh, okay. just it's just that my memory is not as good as yours, so I have to, you know, these are what they call uh, in the old days cheat notes. You know? Cheat notes. Which, which, of course, given the fact that I, that I got new vision now, I can't read, so it's going to be fantastic. You want me to hold it up for you? <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Well, so it's interesting. So I guess if we want to start with the Latino savings. Yeah, we can start with Latino that, savings. Yeah. It's interesting because I was looking at some statistics, and one of the things I, uh, uh, I ran across thanks to NAREP's uh, State of the Wealth 2022 was that fact that only 25.5% of Latinos invest in a retirement account. So it's one of those things that, like, they're – they're very much not focusing on this very, very vital part of their financial life. And it turns out that 30% of them invest in, 30% of Latinos will invest in cryptocurrency. And one of the reasons why is because it, it's, it made it seem like their family and friends have heard about it and therefore recommend it. So they're all getting, in, and so they are sort of like over, because they are, so more Latinos, or Latinos are more likely to contribute to cryptocurrency than a retirement account. And so I think it's something that, like, going forward, it's something that I think uh, they, what I'd like out of today and mañana is to be like, let's try to find a way to get Latinos to, to commit more to their retirement accounts. So, so I think, and, and that's a, you know, these are great statistics, right? I mean, I, I question as to outside of the Latino community, how many people save for the retirement, more, right? I think it's something around 40%. 40%, okay, which is still really low when it's you think low. about it. However, um, Don't quote me on that statistic. Yeah, no, it's no. So, so, so one of the things that we have to, you know, it's a culture thing, right? One of the things we have to remember is Latinos come from countries where the concept of retirement doesn't exist mostly because they just don't trust. Oh, the bank right? system exactly. Is not they don't reliable. trust the financial system in their countries, right? So therefore, they, they come here Knowing that it's different, but the trust is still somewhat skeptical, and it takes them a little time before they realize, wait a minute, this is it is a good idea to begin to save, mm -hmm. and and most of the time maybe they're working for someone who has a four hundred one k or four hundred three b, and they begin to put some money away, right? Um, but it's interesting about, and it's just not just Latinos, but I think in in other countries also. Um, Call it countries where, you know, U.S. is special. Maybe even Europe, you have more or less the same things. Although Europe, being that they're more socialist, a lot of people is like they don't save either because like they're going to take care of me when I retire, so mm -hmm. I don't have to worry right. about it, right? However, 
I think that what people like to do is they either invest in something that they think is going to just kind of boom. In other words, this is wow, this is a great opportunity. Crypto. Mm-hmm. Somebody told them, yeah, I, I just made 100% on my money. I doubled my money. So it's like, oh, oh wow, I got to get in there, right? Yeah. Which is which is a fallacy. It's it's the it's 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 the wrong thing to do. You know, yeah, sometimes it may work, volatile. but it's extremely volatile, extremely risky. And on the other side, what they do also buy a lot of is real mm-hmm. estate. And the reason is because they like to it's feel like they, yeah, it's tangible. They, they can touch mm-hmm. the land. They can touch the house and say, I see it. I know what it is. I'm willing to invest in it, right? So you have those two that I, I would suspect most Latinos like to invest in. Mm-hmm. But the education process, and we've talked about this a million times, and I know Faba tried so hard also to have the seminars, et cetera, um, where you know, the education is important to make them understand the goal is little by little you start to save, and those monies do grow over time. So when you do get to you know, 65, 67, whatever it is, you have a nest egg, right? You have some mm-hmm. money there. You can say, I got my Social Security. I have my house. I paid it off. Um, but I also have this little savings now that can get me through the rest of my life, right? Exactly. exactly. It's about, I think, prioritizing where you put your savings. Because like you said, crypto, it's always going to have the story, right? It's always going to have that buddy who said, yeah, I put $1,000 in Bitcoin in you know, 2011 and, now, and I made tons of money. I, made, I, I tripled my money. I quadrupled my money. I have 10 times that, right? What you'll never hear is your best friend tell you, yeah, I put uh, you know ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin at the beginning of twenty twenty one, and now I've lost my shirt. Yeah, you know, you're, there's well, no one's ever going to tell you that your best, your buddy's not going to tell you. Nobody yeah, I made a really it. bad yeah. decision yeah. here. It's behavioral, right? It's ta- based in behavioral economics. People always tell you the stocks they picked that went up a hundred percent. No one ever tells you, yeah, I picked this stock and it was a really bad decision. I lost <laughs> yeah. a bunch of money on it, right? It's you're, true. You're only the story is only ever going to go. In one direction. It's like when people go to casinos. I've never heard anybody say, I lost my shirt. They always tell me, oh, I, I won $10,000 this weekend. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they go every weekend. And so how about the other weekends? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, did they ever make any money? So, I mean, casinos wouldn't be around if most people didn't lose money, right? It's right, so, yeah. But exactly. it's it. So it's about sort of reminding people, all right, it, one day it will be all right. Like if, you, if one day you've got a nice big bundle of savings and you want to take 500 bucks and put it in crypto, be our guest, right? But if all you have is $3,000 that you've saved up over the years, the first thing that needs to happen is it goes into a retirement account and it's diversified. Not like, okay, I finally have $3,000 that I've scraped and saved and I'm going to put it in crypto, right? Because the risk is just too great. It's, it's, the risk is not commensurate with the fact that this is your entire life savings. Yeah. Well, there's also another portion that we're also like, Skirting by, which is what the number one expense most people will have over the course of their entire lives are the taxes. Period. Mm-hmm. Everyone is their what is their taxes. Taxes is the number one expense, like, and everyone always takes it out because like you got to pay your taxes. Uh, but I, I never reality, thought it was an expense. I just it's, thought it, it was is. a punishment. Well, anyway, it is. All right, you could put it, you punishment could, for living. It is right. a punishment for existing in a country. <laughs> However, but at the same time, it is the largest expense over the course of a person's life. They're gonna that is going to be the most that they pay is going to be for taxes. So you take something like a Latino, and they have three. Let's say we're just using the same number, three thousand dollars. Cryptocurrency isn't like tax exempt. It's not growing tax free. It doesn't do any of that. Like, uh, if if you put it into a retirement account, let me because think about it. Three thousand dollars, you could just put it into a Roth right away, just Mm -hmm. right then and there, and let it grow tax free. 
I mean, there's the whole point is that there's a whole there's a whole portion that like the, the government is allowing you to say, hey, you can take this piece and you can let it grow tax free or put it in tax free. Mm-hmm. And then either we'll tax it later or we'll tax it now and then not ever tax it again. So there's, there's already an advantage that you have by just putting it into a retirement account that makes it already better than just dumping it into a crypto that you hope will take off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You want those tax You want those you want tax, tax benefits. Yeah. It, especially when you're starting over a long period of time. Yeah. The so so it's, it's interesting you, you, you talk about these things. And... You know, obviously the markets are, you know, no, no matter which market you look at, you know, there's, there's volatility, right? I mean, last year was a perfect example that even the bond market was usually a market where the stability is, is much greater, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the market in general was down about 14%. I mean, for a bond market to be down 14% is astronomical in the sense of, like, that just never happens, right? Um, so I wanted to give people a feel for when we talk about, asset allocation. In other words, the idea is to, is to diversify your particular savings, right? In other words, you, you got those $3,000, you, you want to buy some large cap value stocks, meaning companies, very solid companies, big companies like the Costco's mm-hmm. of the world, right? Yeah. Then you want to buy some growth stocks, then you want to buy some small stocks, right? And of course, you may want to buy some bonds just as a, as a, as a counterbalance, right? But, and so what's interesting about that and, and what people really don't understand, but but if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, is by, by diversifying those particular assets, as opposed to just buying crypto and, and hoping and praying that I've got it at the right time, mm-hmm. as opposed to finding that you're in that FTX and you just lost everything, right? Um, you want to have that diversified portfolio. So I'm just going to give you some examples because um, the down markets are where people get very nervous about, right? Mm-hmm. So, so back in um, back in 2008, right, which is the financial crisis. For example, the S and P 500, which is you know the uh, the top 500 companies in the U.S. Um, is an index of the top 500 companies in the U.S. That year, 2008, was down 36 percent. You know, more or less. And I'm just giving you estimates, not, not exact. Um, Nasdaq was down about 30 percent. The Russell um, uh, small caps were down 31%, and growth was down 37%. So those are all in the 30s. But if you see that small caps were only down 31 versus large companies down 36, right, which is kind of interesting, right? So last year, we almost had a little bit of the reverse, right? The S&P was down 14. NASDAQ was down 30. And NASDAQ, remember, those are your tech, your tech, your biotech exactly. companies. Exactly, a lot of tech companies in NASDAQ. That's right. Small caps were down 15, and growth was down 25, right? So... Begin to think about this from a perspective of, you know, where do I want to be? How much do I want to invest in these particular sectors? However, if you look at over the last 20 years of the markets, the S&P was up 9.7. The Russell small cap was up 9.3. And growth was up 10.7. Very, very close to each other, right? Mm -hmm. But the beauty of it, so in other words, if you do nothing, you just diversify and do nothing, over a 20-year period, you're going to get somewhere between probably 8 to 10% return, which is Alex always says, if you get 7% return on your money, your money doubles every 10 years, right? Which if you think of that money growing over time, it's amazing. But think further. If, if you have an asset allocation and you say, I want you know, 
25% here, 25% here, 25% here, 25% here. And then all of a sudden you get a year like last year where tech is down big, right? Uh, the NASDAQ's down, for example, like I said, some 30-something. Mm -hmm. The S&P's down 14, and the other ones are down 19, 20. Now you have to reallocate. What you are you doing? Back to the You're selling 25. those that did better to those that didn't do so well, right? And over time, they all come out to be the same. But you're now capturing more of their upside every time mm -hmm. you do that, right? So instead of getting, you know, 9 to 10% return, you may be getting 11 to 12% return mm -hmm. just by just by doing what you're supposed to do, which is saying, this is the allocation that makes mm -hmm. sense to me, right? For my goals, for what I want to achieve over time. And by just shifting that on, on, and it doesn't have to be annual, it's just you know, when things happen and you say, you it's, it's got it out of whack. Don't think, don't overthink, don't say, nah. You know, it's like, 20, like, like 2020, right? Tech was going through the roof. You can sit there and go into 2021 and say, nah, tech's going to continue to do well. No, it forces you this to decide, don't be subjective. You don't exactly. have the debts. Yeah. My, my allocation is this. And every, every year, every quarter, I rebalance to this. I don't have to guess, all right, who's going to do well this quarter. doesn't matter. It's automatically going to rebalance right? because you, you're going to get back to that baseline that you established was the right risk for you. Exactly, exactly. And, and as, as you always say, you, know, you may take 10% of your portfolio right, and say, I want to play with this. I want to buy Tesla. I want to buy crypto. I want to buy whatever it is. Some, you know, some of your friends say, oh, you should buy this particular stock that you, nobody ever heard of. Fine. Buy some of it, right? Go ahead and take that 10% of your portfolio and say, that's going to be the real risky part of my portfolio where I make it big, I might lose it all, or I might just grow the same as everybody else. And that's fine. You know, I mean, that's, that's the fun of investing too. You want to have fun in what you do. Exactly, exactly. A couple shout-outs. Uh, Bill McChesney, thanks for watching the show this morning. Mrs. Zerby watching the show this morning. Says congrats on your 100th show, uh, who I thank Nick for informing her this morning that uh, it's our 100th show. Oh, yeah. And uh, she says she'll, welcome, give us, Mom. she'll give us the uh, 100 suggestions later. 100 <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> she'll give us 100 suggestions I like later. that. It's like the 95 Theses yeah, of Martin Luther. Dinner's going to be good She's tonight. <laughs> pass out material of the 100 things here's you've what, done here's wrong. Here's what we can do for the next 100 right. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going forward, but it's it's such a key thing, and I know Michael, you had done the research on it just last week. We oh talked yeah, a we talked about, a little bit about the that, difference yeah. between diversification versus just picking those big names. Yeah. Remind me, remind the audience, like some of the companies that did a lot worse. Well, yeah, than the I mean, market as a whole, Tesla, Google, Meta, which is Facebook now. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, I'm trying to rack my brain around it, but yeah, it's like if you looked at like seven or eight of the top ten. You know, companies in the S and P 500 index—they all did worse than the S and P 500 exactly. did as a whole. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. no, that's a good point. That's a good point because because you, you look at uh, again, you look at 2020, 2021, and 2020. Right? It, it seemed like the the top 10 or 15 stocks pulled the S and P 500 up. Right? The rest of, there were some stocks in the S and P 500 that had a negative year in 2020. Same thing this past year. I mean, these stocks were down big. There were some stocks in SP 500 that actually did well, right? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, all the old companies did well. I think so, it was, was it McDonald's. There was one that actually like it was close to its all-time high. I was looking some some bizarre set of stocks that you wouldn't think. Wait a second, I didn't realize those recovered. And last year was I think it was it might be uh, I I wasn't it was something like McDonald's and Coca Cola or something like that yeah. where they had. Really, really good years, and you're like, wow! I, wouldn't have I think realized. it was Coca Cola because I drink, I drink that stuff. That's probably what it is. You, but I mean, single-handedly, it's kind of up. interesting because I had I had jotted down this note that to, to go with Michael saying. So since 2000, 
Half of all Fortune 500 companies have either gone bankrupt, been acquired, or ceased to exist. Half. Wow. And then over the past six decades, the average lifespan of an S&P 500 company has plunged from 58 years to 18 years. So we're looking at very – like the – our – our economy is shifting. It's changing. It's constantly changing. It's never going to be the same. I think this goes to what mm-hmm. Michael was trying to point out: is that like just like parking your money on a big name isn't necessarily going to be as reliable as it will as it was a hundred years ago. You, it's it's hard it's to guess difference. which big name. That's well, the I issue. I think that's the key. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah, right. you're always going to find people that say, "Yeah, I parked my money in Amazon in 2000, and now I'm set for life." Yeah, true, right? You find someone who says, I parked my money in Meta, in, you know, in Facebook, Facebook yeah. in 2005, and now I'm set for life. You're not going to hear the guy who parked his money in MySpace That's right. in 2005. Or oh, the guy who He's parked his set. money in Blockbuster. Exactly. <laughs> They're not set for life, right? Because, but what happens is they drop out. It's, it's the old um, – it's known when you do um, – like look back historical look backs at stocks. Mm. It's known as the survivorship bias. In other words – you, if you look at today's NASDAQ, right, and you say, oh, man, look at these stocks that if you had picked them right. back then, you would have made a fortune. This is the key to investing, right? He says, no, 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 because you don't know how many stocks that matched these were in the NASDAQ back in 05, but no longer exist in That's the right. NASDAQ. That's Therefore, right. you're not capturing their negative returns. If you looked at today's stocks – and trace their returns back 15 years, they're going to look great. You're going to be like, oh, look at this. If you only buy the top 50 stocks in the NASDAQ, you made a fortune. Yeah, but you need to say who was in the top 50 20 years ago and how many of those are just gone. Exactly. Yeah. In which case you're not capturing their negative returns and they just ceased to exist. They're not in your data anymore because you're being biased by who survived, not who's gone. Yeah. Well, well, and indexes do that, right? So, I mean, the, the the whole point of an index is has a definition of how to get into the index. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if you have a company that matches that definition, gets into the index, but then eventually it can fall out of that index if that definition, you know, exactly. so it doesn't well, match. Like, if, you, if you have a stock, like Mr. said, stock goes into the S&P 500, it's one of the 500 biggest companies in the U.S. If that stock plummets... The S and P five hundred won't capture its complete fall because at That's some right. point it will It'll no longer out. be one of the five hundred biggest mm-hmm. companies. It will disappear from exactly. the S and P five hundred index, and the rest of its decline to zero will never show up in the index. All you're going to know is that at some point it left the index because it was no longer one of the five hundred biggest companies. Well, I mean, remember the classic example: E Toys versus Amazon. Everyone always made the point that eToys was doing was much better, and Amazon had like a ninety percent fall. Mm-hmm. And then, little over time, eToys went bankrupt, and Amazon, which was just a book, just a book company, That's right. ended up taking over and being one of the top. So like, if you had looked back then and say, "Well, eToys clearly winning over Amazon. Let's park our money in eToys over the next, you know, twenty, thirty years because it's going to be it the was. Microsoft of the past." Then you would have lost. I mean, in fact, speaking of Microsoft, Microsoft, I think, is the only, if I'm correct, is the only company that has stayed within the top 10 of the, I think, I believe it was the S&P over the past, like, two decades. Wow. Like, it's the only one that has, like, survived, because Apple, at some point, remember, had its Mm -hmm. little decline and then came back with the iPhone. But uh, Microsoft has been really the only company to stay really close to the top over this whole period. It's, it's, it's crazy. Now, speaking of index, we actually have an audience question from our Ooh. friend Andre Xavier. 
a fantastic member of our community. Good morning, Andre. Good morning, Andre. He asked, so what's your opinion on an index universal life insurance as an investment option? So like you, know, you have the, some of the universal lives that will put you in an index. How is that different from what we're talking about here with index investment? Because it's a different, it's a different vehicle. Right. right? It, that is a different vehicle. So, so I've seen many of those. And the, the issue you have to be careful about, first of all, uh, my assumption is that it's the whole life, right? Because that's, uh, whole life is the only one you can do something like that with. Which basically, they take your money and part of it is invested in uh, indices. What, there's nothing wrong with that. Though. So those are probably good opportunities. However, Keep an eye on because a lot of those have uh, specific um, uh, caps. So they say, yeah, you'll catch the, you know, we'll give you the S&P 500 or whatever it may be. But, but not beyond but 5%. Not beyond, yeah, but not beyond X percent, right? Mm -hmm. So just be careful about that. But um, if the index tracks it perfectly well uh, or the insurance tracks it perfectly well, then, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, our usual philosophy, but I think you would agree, right, is that – Investments and insurance are they have different goals. Exactly. Right. And so we wouldn't recommend that like, you put all like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want your entire investment savings to be in an insurance vehicle, even if that insurance vehicle has some kind of investment upside, just because it it insurance is designed to just protect you more in the event of catastrophe, protect you more on downside, but very limiting on the upside, and you're essentially trading market risk for the risk of that specific insurance company. So it's not really risk-free. I mean, insurance companies are allowed to use the word guarantee because they're regulated differently, right? But it's not a risk-free investment just because it, it, what, what's happening is that it's being guaranteed by the risk of the insurance company itself, which depending on your investment is not necessarily less risky than U.S. Treasury bonds, as an example. Right. Right. So the key is just to, to know that, yeah, there may be insurance products which are beneficial can have sort of an investment upside to them, an investment light upside, but that doesn't necessarily make them the same as investing in a retirement account for the future. I mean, without you any... Want, yeah, you want to uh, diversify even among those levels. Yes. I mean, and without any doubt, I mean, and, and I, I know we look at this all the time for many of our clients, but, you know, when we think of insurance, uh, our, at least our, our opinion, our thought is insurance is to protect something, right? Mm -hmm. So look at your insurance policy from a perspective, what do I want to protect and buy that protection? Do not add an element of investment because the chances are, as, as, as you mentioned, one is... It's not less risky than being in the market, and there's a high probability, but you put it in the market, your returns are going to be better because mm -hmm. there's a cost, right? And mm -hmm. that cost sometimes is somewhat higher than you just simply investing in the market. So, so you have to think about that mm -hmm. from a perspective of what am I buying? Am I buying life exactly. insurance or am I buying life insurance plus investment, right? Mm -hmm. Because there may be other ways that you can achieve a better. That. Yeah. Exactly. And obviously, that's, that's right. So they were capping at 8%, but it had a zero floor. It's very yeah. common. Yeah. In life insurance, that's kind of what you're doing. You're sacrificing. So look at the last 20 years, right? The S&P 500 was uh, what is it, 9.7%. So you gave up 1.7% return per year. per year. Yeah. Per year. Yeah. Basically, that's you're sacrificing that in exchange for a downside. Exactly. Kind of protection there. Which so it all depends how you choose to yeah, structure it. Exactly. Which Absolutely. downside is when are you pulling the money out, right? So in other words, mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Over 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 the very long term that downside protection becomes less and less valuable. Exactly. In other words, yes, if you may need to pull out funds in two, three years, 
the zero floor of an insurance product is going to be very attractive, right? If you sit there and say, I'm not going to touch this money for 20 years, at that point, the downside protection becomes irrelevant unless you really believe that 20 years from now, the economy will actually have declined exactly. and the market along with it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's all about how you, how you choose to structure an overall risk portfolio with insurance plus investments. Exactly. So this is a great question. That's a good, very good question. A lot of people was, encounter yeah. those. Yeah. Um, and it's good for, for people to learn about that. Yeah. Now, those are fantastic questions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, the, the insurance industry is, um, you know, the products they have is just just, just enormous amount of products. They're all different. So it's really good to do your homework and take a look at it, you know, and um, that's Absolutely. why it's good to tap on your financial advisor and say, what do you think about this also? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things I know we we had been thinking of is that, which I know Nick has done a little research on, one of the things of investing in those indices is that you then also get access to what has been a major driver of returns, which is dividends. Which I think a lot of people don't think about. Typically, you invest in a stock and you think, no, I will make money over the long term because this stock goes up. You, know, you buy Amazon and say, well, if I make money on Amazon, it will be because Amazon goes up in price. But in reality, over the very long term, that's not actually the major driver of return. It's actually dividends, which I know you... Well, did did you want to read the statistic? No, you, you go want, for it. Go so for it. the statistic uh, we found since 1960, 84% of the total return of the S&P 500 index came from reinvested dividends. Wow. 84%, which is huge. But that's important. The, the, the key word is reinvested. reinvested. So basically exactly. you, get, you get your dividend, whether it be... And, and the beauty, I mean, we always talk about this also, right? What we like is indices or ETFs or mutual funds, whatever you like to invest in, right, that pay either on a monthly or on a quarterly basis. Now, it's mm-hmm. rare to find equity funds that pay on a monthly basis. There are some closed-end funds that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the equity funds do pay on a quarterly. Bond funds pay on monthly. The beauty about that is that you are now basically getting your dividend four times a year. So if the market, I mean, you look at the, I mean, last year, you look at uh, 2020, the markets didn't drop at the very end of the year. They dropped in March, right? I mean, those mm-hmm. from by the end of March, you were pretty much done as far as the returns of the market being negative. Exactly. So you want to get your dividend then so you can, boom, reinvest them at that lower value. If you get your dividend once a year only, and it's, and it's usually the end of the year, so December 31st, you get your dividend. By that time, it's like you're at the, at the hope in prayer that you're reinvesting at the lowest, at point, the lowest point, which may not be the case. So yeah. quarterly dividends make a lot more sense and dividends even better. But, but that's the key is the fact that you're constantly getting some money and then reinvesting it. Mm-hmm. And the fact is if the market's down a little, now you're buying something lower, right? Exactly. I mean, think about it. You would not have wanted – 2020 is the perfect example. If you got your dividend payments all on December 15th of 2020 – You've missed the boat. The market's not only recovered, it was up exactly. here at that point. Exactly. I mean, you would have wanted to sit there on March 31st and be like, okay, I got some more money to reinvest. That's because right. This market is down big time, and we all know that why it's down, and it's going to eventually recover. Yeah. Well, it, it also highlights the the essential nature of the stock market as it was originally intended, right? The, the original purpose of creating stock 
was that companies that had large expenditures or wanted to try something, to do something large, whether it was a railroad company, I'm thinking, we're thinking far back, but you have to remember where these things came from. Railroad companies, whaling companies, things that needed large investments because they were very, you're laughing because you know, I whaling. Like whaling, yeah. But, but whaling <laughs> is one of... We had to throw Moby Dick in there, you know? No, but it's true. I mean, that was the origin of whaling, was that they, you needed to have, I mean, to be honest with you, it goes, the first evidence of this was actually in ancient Rome. It was... It was a shipping merchant who they and there were reports of very. Would it be a show in it if it didn't if we didn't get an ancient, ancient Roman? Roman yeah, yeah, but Roman and the reference. whole point is that our our culture was founded in these Western cultures in part, and one of them was the fact that you could buy pieces of companies, and in exchange for your money, which they would gather from a lot of people, you would get a portion of the profits, which we call dividends. And that would be one of, for instance, it was a, it was a form of security for whale, for whalers and sailors, etc. Because if you, you, it was a very high risk that you would die, because it turns out that whales don't like being killed, and could destroy you very easily, as is evidenced by Moby Dick. Um, and your families would be left with nothing because you were not there to provide for them. And right. so, if you had a portion of the shipping company's stock. Your the shipping company provided. could still provide because they would you would get dividends, so at least it would have some support. It was almost like an insurance. I mean, it wasn't insurance because it wasn't a bundle and it wasn't mm-hmm. dependent on your life. But in but it's essence, like a rudimentary form of it was right. a rudimentary form of insurance because it was a form of it's passive income, and mm-hmm. that was that was the whole purpose. Is that I need to I'm a I want to start a company and, but I don't have the money to build this extremely large thing that could that could be a great business I need to collect it from everyone's extra dollar mm-hmm. and in exchange I gave everybody small pieces of the future profits and that is really really what we have to remember is what the stock market is it still is like that today the whole point when when a company IPOs it's trying to it is exchanging Part of its like part of itself, like the owners are giving up their ownership in exchange for capital, so that they can use that capital to either focus on certain uh, projects that they want to develop, mm-hmm. or they need that next step to expand, and they do that. Right. So in other words, basically, so uh, IPO is an initial public offer, and that's right. when a, a public, a, a private, private company, company becomes public. public. Yes. Right. And and certainly one of the reasons to do that because when you're growing. You, you need to borrow money most of the time from a bank, right, or yeah. some venture capitalist in order to grow that company, right? And then you get to a point where it's like there's no more. I mean, you need to borrow a lot more. So two ways, either you issue a bond or you go, you you go, go public, public. And, and that's how you get your money. Yeah, yeah. So. so over time, that's what happens. You, yeah. you then, oh, you collect the dividends, you reinvest them, and that just boosts your wealth. Exactly. Tremendously yeah. over the long term, and it's one of the benefits of, of doing that kind of diversified investing. Because if you buy a company, yeah, sometimes the most attractive, you know, new companies, you know, the small ones, the biotechs, the startups, they don't have the funds to pay dividends. No, of course right? not. They're not going to pay you any dividends. Right. So you're relying on capital gains. You're relying on growth, the share price going up. But when you, when you have a diversified portfolio, you have some dividends to back that up. And like you said, so that if those small companies go down, well, great. 
I've got cash that just came in from these big companies that I can then put into the small ones to rebalance my portfolio. That's correct. That's correct. And, and the other thing is I know you had a statistic, and I don't remember the, the stat, and maybe it's just in your head, but again, when we talk about asset allocation, because a lot of people is like, where do you, does your return on your portfolio come from? In other words, we have a bundle of quote-unquote securities, and those mm-hmm. securities are in different types of either ETFs or mutual funds. Where does the return come from? And I, and, and I can't remember. The, you can't remember so I couldn't find it yesterday. But a large so portion of the return, and so I can't remember the number, yeah. but it, but it was, it was under it was a tremendous No, no, not just dividends. comes from the asset allocation process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, it's so important to say, instead of just having all your money in their, you know, tech stocks or value stocks or growth stocks, again, you need to diversify that portfolio because that diversification is really what defines and explains the return of your total portfolio. It will push it up because, you know, you, you've seen it in, you've seen it live big time in the last two or three years mm-hmm. of sectors being hugely uh, differentials in, in returns from one to the other. I mean, this is, it's been you know, astronomical yeah. versus in the past. I mean, growth stocks last year were horrendous. Um, value stocks did okay, small stocks did okay. But growth was just terrible. So, again, the, the ability to to reshuffle your portfolio makes you a lot of money going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out Jocelyn Kelly. Thanks for watching the show this morning. Got some great, great viewers joining us, uh, joining us this morning on the show. So I think so we, I, I, our, I, I, our last topic for the day was, I was the evil uh, R word. Was the evil R word. Yeah, I, know, mostly, I, mostly I don't I think it's that bad. But. I, we, we, we joked about that. But I think mostly just Kind of looking ahead and saying, all right, what are some of the, the things that we should be thinking of or be aware of yeah. in this coming year? I know we had some, some different numbers on that. So, so you know, I'm not, as, um, I'm not as sanguine. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Well, that's that a nice word. word. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's, that's but well that, done. That's yeah. well done there. Um, I'm not as worried about recession this year than I was last year for two reasons. So you are sanguine. No, no. There's a, or positive. So, so, so I think <laughs> the chance of recession, I think, are relatively high, right? I mean, I think we're seeing all the numbers, and the numbers are coming out. Continue to to point that. I mean, I think the leading indicators, right, which is one of the areas people look at. Um, it hasn't been this bad since the COVID year and since the financial depression, right, mm-hmm. financial crisis. Yes. So. I mean, that's just not a good number, right? You look at that and say, that's not certainly a positive number. Exactly. That's, that's leaning towards yeah. we're going to have a recession. The reason I'm not as worried about it is for two, for, two, for two reasons. One is we already had a drop in the stock market of, you know, 15 to 20 to 25%, mm-hmm. right? So part of it is there, right? Part of it may have been second priced of all, in already. Yeah. Second of all, the bond market had a horrendous year last year, but now interest rates are higher, which means that you can now begin truly to protect your portfolio in ETFs, mutual funds, whatever you want, right, that has much more income. So in other words, when you start with the area that's supposed to protect your portfolio and the interest rate is 1%, you're getting zero. I mean, you're not getting much protection at all. And we saw that last year. Interest rate went from, let's say, 1% to 4%, and you got hammered with a 14% loss on your portfolio, right? Now you're starting at 4%. Well, now you got a 4% cushion in your portfolio. So if interest, interest rates go up by 4%, you may be just breaking even, right, in most cases. I mean, it's, the mathematics don't work exactly the same depending on which bond you own, right? But you can see that you have some protection. So we're in a year where if you really structure your portfolio correctly, 
right? You can, you can withstand a potential recession, maybe some more down market in, in stocks, right? Um, but at the same time, if we're wrong and the stock market goes up, and we've seen that before, you have a recession, it's like, yeah, we already knew it was coming last year. That's why the market was down 14, 15%, right? But this year, we're looking forward and like, exactly. yeah, 2024, it's going to be good. Therefore, we have to buy now, right? So you right. have to be careful about that. 2020. Yeah. I mean, the, the return, the GDP collapsed in all of 2020. The year's GDP number was down. Well, exactly. By six percent, right? But stock market was positive because it, it all the, the whole thing got priced in in March, and by and then, the and then, by the rest of the year, it was like, okay, well, it's been priced in. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. it's opportunity. So so again, you have to. You know, you have to be cognizant of the fact that these things can happen, but I think the idea of the worrying about it um, doesn't make any sense. First of no. all, it's, it's our job to worry, right? But it's mm -hmm. our job to worry, but then structure those portfolios correctly for... Exactly. And, and every, client's different. every client's different. We always right. say that, too. You know, I mean, if, if you're in your 70s, you have a different style of portfolio than if you're in your mm -hmm. 30s, right? And so on and so forth. So, but there's... I mean, this is, I mean, I'm so, I mean, you guys know, I'm so excited this year because there's so many strategies. First of all, we, we did so many strategies last year mm -hmm. in the bond yeah. market that, that helped our clients so much. There's so many strategies this year that I think are also going to be beneficial that I'm excited about it, right? And then the following years, then we'll see. Yeah. But I, I, it's just... Just about some of the opportunities that are here. You, you always have to look ahead rather than looking back. What I mean by that is you could sit here and say, dang, Bonds prices uh, down so much in 2022. Right. right. The flip side is bond yields are higher than they've ever been. So That's now right. you can actually get, three years ago, you couldn't get 4% by investing in U.S. bonds, U.S. government bonds. Right. Now what can you get from U.S. treasuries? Well, you can get, you get 3 to 4%. 3 to 4%. Yeah. So you can sit there and say, I can now receive funds from basically the safest investment out there which is U.S. Treasuries, that was not possible three, four I mean, years ago. So I have more protection going forward because three years ago, your protection from bonds was that they wouldn't go down if, the, if recession hit. Let's face it, four years the ago, yeah. the, only, the only thing bonds offered you was if the stock market collapses, at least my bonds didn't go down because they're paying me 0%, so there's nothing. Now, you sit there and say, well, if the stock market collapses, I'm getting 4% from my bonds. And, and not only that, I mean, you know, you know the, again, the, the yield curve is inverted, meaning short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can buy U.S. agency bonds in the short end of the marketplace, meaning less than five-year in maturity of bonds, at over 5%. These are U.S. agency bonds. So basically, to a certain respect, they are being guaranteed by the agency mm -hmm. of the U.S. government. Yep, they're, not we, as, they're not they're as not, safe as treasuries, exactly. but they're, they're pretty darn close. Exactly. So, so you think of that, and then you add maybe investment grade corporate bonds, you add another 1% to 2%, you're looking 6-7% in your portfolio in the short end, which isn't going to have a lot of impact if rates go up because they're mm -hmm. in the short end, so, so mathematically they don't have the impact on price as much. That's good protection with not a lot of, quote-unquote, duration maturity risk, right? So that's a great portion of your portfolio that you can say, I want to protect it, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And there's ways, right? So, yeah, so this is, you know, this year... Without any doubt, whether recession hits or not, I think you can structure a portfolio that's going to do well, right? Exactly. And or it's going to be protected much better than it could have been protected last year. Mm -hmm. It's always it's always looking forward. What can I do? Exactly. You know, given what may be coming. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, so that's a positive. That's, yeah. that's from a positive note. I mean, just yeah. just yeah. always. Um, you try to add the, some the, positivity. Some yeah, well, I mean, it, well, there's it, always opportunity. Overall, yeah. Overall, the the. The bottom line is investing is a good idea, especially, you know, whether you're investing to save for a house, for a car, for your retirement, right? Mm -hmm. The structure of the portfolio will be different, but it's always a good idea. Invest. Don't worry about it. Think about what you're doing. Put a little bit in there. And if you can put a little, that's, that's the nice thing about 401ks, right? And 403bs. It comes right bit. out of your paycheck. And so you're, you're constantly buying on a, I don't know how often those 401ks, but let's assume they even buy just once a month, right? Every month they're buying something. So you're buying the dips, you're buying the, the valleys, and, and it's just fantastic over time, right? So I think that's so important for people to do that at least and begin to save a little bit of money and, and not worry about whether the recession is coming, not coming. You know, it's, it's, it's how long before you need the money is what counts. Exactly. Exactly. No, well, that is this not for fun stuff, right? Not for some fun stuff. Not for some fun stuff. No, I'm just Yeah, absolutely. Really, you well, know, our audience uh, always loved the great questions, so thank you, Andre Xavier, for uh, for joining us this morning. Um, so I know, I mean, we have a lot to look forward to today oh, this, is, this yeah. year. I mean, I don't know if you guys have something in particular you're no, you know, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I look up. back at all the, you know, I look back at all the guests and everybody that's come through uh, this table and, you know, all their businesses. And the one thing that you and I always see, and I know Michael's helped me out enormously. I know Nick has helped me out enormously here by, me? yeah, by, you know, when, I, when I'm not here. Um, but the passion, right, that the people bring, right, to this table because of exactly. they, whatever it is that they love to do, right? They create a company, an LLC, and they do it. And you can just see it when they come here. I mean, sometimes they're a little nervous at first, and you can just see they're a little quiet. And then little by little, they, th they start yep. talking about what they do, and it, and it comes out. And, and that's the beauty about this country, right? You have, a, you, know, you have a dream. You can pursue that dream. You can create you know, a company to pursue that dream, right? And... It's great for the whole community because you now have somebody in your community that, that is able to give you something, right, that you may not even be able to find anywhere else. And to be able to, to go to that person, right, and whether it be services or quality products and, you know, buy from them, it's just, it's just great, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's, it's, it's such a blast. What is some of your guys' favorite, any... Well, well for me, I think it's been pretty incredible over the past 100 shows just how many local entrepreneurs there actually are in the Charlottesville area. Like, you wouldn't think it. It's true. But yeah. suddenly it's just like, I mean, especially Nick over here packing them in, sometimes like one, two, even three guests. It's like, I mean, you're talking about yeah. like 150 to 200 guests have come on this show, and it's just like, that's like potentially 100 150 yeah, different even businesses. Even if you count some repeats, that like 100 businesses. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Easily incredible. Easily probably yeah. come on the show. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what fascinates me, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who else is going to pop up. Well, I, I know you and I were probably hosting together uh, not too far in the not too far uh, in the future. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. well, I always remember the first guest I booked was actually Ian Ian Glomsky oh, of Vitae Spirits. Spirits. So the first, my first booked guest, uh, Vitae Spirits, and I always remember how much fun it was when he came on the show. It was just. Uh, it was pretty great. So I was just, it was just reminiscing. It was yep, just one of those absolutely. things. Absolutely. Well, now we're like three taste spirits 
for life, people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, they are. the. <laughs> we keep track of what's new and, uh, and go check it out. Oh, yeah. I know no, that we had some great events there. Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, they well, just... That was fun. I always remember the first one. I think the first time you came on with me was with uh, Mark and Vicky Dresden. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Right. That's right. And we just talked about the... Uh, all of them, we had there was that delicious uh, um, bread ap- pudding. Yeah, apple, bourbon, chocolate bread pudding. Bread pudding. I think that was, yeah. that uh, I you go bread. wrong. Apples, <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> oh, the chocolate. And the chocolate. <laughs> That's right. right. Just exactly, exactly. So I always remember that one. I'm not sure how much so, our viewers actually like watching us eat, but we certainly love the episode. We certainly like drink and eat. And, <laughs> well, I think it also goes to highlight the fact that, like, there's... I mean, I just remember the first time I was on, it was with... Uh, Chris from uh, Baker No Bakery, yep. and she brought and she she faked us out because she brought a vegan cookie, and we oh, didn't yeah, know. She didn't, tell us, she didn't tell us in advance that it was a sugar-free vegan cookie, and we could not tell, and so oh. we were just like blind. We were like, yeah, this I dare remember that too. Cookie is like it was like amazing cookie, and and it just just to show the innovation, the ability for for. Mm-hmm. For small entrepreneurs, it's one of those things like we were discussing when we were on. I think it was with uh, on. I, I can't remember if it was on Keith's uh, on Real Talks Christmas special or it was the one with our Christmas where I said it was the ability of entrepreneurs to be creative with their problem solving, and I think it's just to create the passion, right? That, uh, as Xavier was saying, the passion, but there's also that creativity aspect. They're allowed because they are the boss, their own boss. They are allowed. They allow themselves to experiment with mm-hmm. with with making their businesses unique, and that's something that's just so interesting. I mean, we've seen it with Castle Cider, with the Vite Spirits, mm-hmm. with uh, with Baker No Baker, Jeff from Aquasivo. Jeff I mean, from Aquasivo. Every time he would come on, just, he would tell us about things. You know, the, 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 yeah, what you do yeah. behind the scenes to think mm-hmm. and expand. Yeah, and delegate tasks. It's just there's so much that goes into it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's amazing the way that the entrepreneurs have solved problems. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's one of the things that makes that makes a small business entrepreneurship so strong. And why Charlottesville is strong as a result of the small businesses we have here is because you have very very intelligent creative people that are mm-hmm. problem solving. Exactly. Yeah. I still remember one. Um, Remember Coco Sotelo? The reason I remember yep. is because Coco the whole Sotelo. show, the whole show was in Spanish. Because le gusta hablar español y hablaba, and it was just so much fun just yeah. listening to her. It was just like, wow, okay. It's so it's you know, but, passion. Well, yeah. that's the beauty of us being bilingual now, too. Of like, you know, our guests can come on, and we can do questions in English and Spanish. That's right. Yeah, that's always which, fun. Which we have yeah. done. Which yeah, that was fun. So yeah, yeah Coco's been I, I also remember good times only. Chrissy Munich. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, the yes. Silent Disco. With the yeah, silent that was disco. a highlight. Yeah, but we didn't get Pops to dance, so that was a We're going to have to try again. <laughs> we're we're going to have to have Ian first and then Chrissy second, so that after the little drinking, maybe Xavier will <laughs> maybe after, do, a yeah. little, do a little movement. <laughs> oh, that, that's the best. Oh, thank you, Johnny Ornella, some of the program, watching the show this morning. Welcome back. Watching hey, and liking John. the show. Oh, yeah, welcome back. It's, so it's always, always yeah. good to have. How about the time on. we had the the three women here? I think it was three. Oh, the Latina, Latina round, the Latina yeah. round table. Yeah. The Latina round table. That was Candela, man. That was and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Now yeah. it's it's always just, just so much fun. To no, it is. It is. It's, just it's, all the entrepreneurs, and especially I think just our Latino community, because we were doing so much, and there's so many great entrepreneurs and people oh. making big waves in the Latino community. So I know, I know that number also thanks to 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 Narep and uh, you know, which is. 
NARUP is the National Hispanic Realtors chapter that's going to be yes. here in Charlottesville. Hopefully. 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 You know, shout out to Ricardo Cruz Duran for, yeah, uh, yeah. for helping put that and, uh, and Ana Antigua for, mm-hmm. for helping put that, put together, that together. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was great. Um, so that's going to be, there's just so many great movers and shakers in the Latino community yeah. that are, uh, I, I know that savings number is going to improve big time. Thanks well, they did a really good well, job. The home ownership, I remember the home ownership about um, like a year or two ago. So that that, that like it was Hispanic home ownership is on the rise. Mm-hmm. So there are some positives. I, exactly. I know, obviously, they're clearly not investing as much as they should, but buying homes is a good investment. In it's it. the yeah. first step. It's, it's the first and step. That is the first yeah. step, right? I mean, Michael's right. I, I mean, that's that's kind of the first thing. I mean, you come to this country and you start working. The first thing you don't just think about retirement. You think, oh, I, I want to, I want you know, roof over my head, exactly. my family, right? So you do that, and you put the food on the table and then anything that's left over you begin to invest but exactly. so again you know it's a when you think about it the hispanic community is growing but a lot of them haven't been here been here for for you know uh for for ages right i mean so sometimes it's only the first it's and, a and it takes a, little, a couple right. of generations before you get going it's like okay mm-hmm. i mean you know, my parents have some savings, and I'm now working, and now I can do what I need to do. So, well, just I love it's on the education well, portion too. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, well, just look at the—I mean, look at the Italian community now versus the Italian community in the 1950s. Uh, sure, exactly. Totally different. Totally, totally different. different story. But it was 50 years have passed with that community being here. So, a lot of Latinos that are just coming now—I mean, their families haven't been here established for 50 years. So, it. it once they've been here for 50 years, it's going to look to be a very different picture. Yeah, because yeah, uh, we're talking about one the, of the largest uh, migrations in history. Actually, speaking of that, was one of the largest migrations in history was from Palermo to the United States. All the Italians would go to Sicily to take the boat mm-hmm. to, to come to the United States in the early half of the 20th century. So, so now we're having the and now we're seeing yeah, the result of that. Exactly. I mean, between Keith Smith is Italian, where it's <laughs> half is part Italian. Like, there's just all these Italians oh, no, absolutely. floating around exactly. the United States. It, it takes a little time, and 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 I know there was another statistic there, but but the, the, you know we, we had looked at it and we said you know the Cuban community oh, was the same the way. Yeah, among right? the different Latino populations in terms of median wealth, you can yeah. see the ones that have been here for a very for a long, long time. a longer time. Exactly, yeah, Dominican. Higher, unfortunately, the the medium net household. The Dominican is the lowest at nine thousand, and the highest is Colombian at one hundred forty-one thousand median net worth. When those Colombians are killing it. Yeah, yeah, Cuba is second. Cubans are second at ninety-two thousand. So I'm going to have to text Virgil, yeah. who's also Cuban, be like, "We need to do better. We need to get richer." <laughs> yeah. But the point when is, yeah. Lily, but the point is, you can see that on, I'm going to be like, "What is your father doing? How did, <laughs> yeah. How are these Colombians making all this money?" <laughs> so, so basically, I mean, that's the whole process. I know mean, the, the, the Cubans came here in the fifties and sixties, right? Yeah. And so. They, they settled in, and now you have basically the second generation is already moving here, mm-hmm. right, is already here, built here, and they've built businesses, and it's the same thing. Yeah. So now, you know, their, you know, their net worth is growing, right, mm-hmm. because they've been here over 50 years, and it's not just the first generation. So it takes exactly. a little bit of time. Yeah. You know, and all the other Latinos, I mean, we see how hard Latinos work and how much they save. Absolutely. So all the other groups that have come later are going to slowly build up right. that wealth as well. That's right. Because exactly. we have those yeah. same values of hard work and and family and uh, and saving. Well, and, and another interesting, at least for Cubans, one thing to remember that's some, somewhat interesting is that Cuba had a lot of exposure to America pre Castro mm-hmm. because of the fact that I mean it was a what a two hour flight from from Miami. And we used to watch if you watch old movies that take place before. Castro, Had they would fly they from would, New York to Cuba to spend to, the evening. To spend, a, yeah, they would go to the weekend to Cuba, and there were there, so there were a lot of success. I mean, just from our family, successful businesses 
that were that that had that exposure to the the American capitalist economy, right. and so a lot of that knowledge, even though a lot, I mean some of it unfortunately was it was lost in in the communism when communism took all over. Well, no, in the sense that like some of the knowledge was lost, but not oh, yeah. all no, of it, no, because yeah, a yeah. lot of those entrepreneurs ended up coming to America, had to start over. Exactly. And there's a, I mean, starting from scratch is, is we know from it's difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. But but over fifty years, they built successful exactly. businesses, and now their net worth is higher. Exactly. Right, and so there was some. I, I guess I'm hoping that as these cultures get exposed more to you know entrepreneurship. You'll see the numbers rise and, for some and, of the, yeah, the, and, the struggling and, groups, and you see it. I mean, again, it's like Michael said. You, we have here in Charlottesville all the you know entrepreneurs that came. I mean, we had all different cultures: Salvadorians, you know. Um, well, uh, El, Salvador, El Salvador, Mexico, Peru, Brazil. I mean, which is yeah. Latino. Yeah, not, Latino, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not Hispanic, but Latino. They're not Hispanic. They're Latino. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brazil, Peru, Venezuela, Venezuela. I mean, so they're they're Colombia, from. Yeah. So they're they're Cuba. here already and they're growing. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. So, so yeah, so another so one. Many, so many different cultures, and so we we look forward to more of that on the show. Which I mean, we have a bunch. I mean, we coming have, up, yes. we have uh, Terry Christina Arroyo from Plant Studio are going to be coming on the show. In this, this is all just this spring, just this spring. Um, Taina Fayas Castro from Taida Coffee going to be coming on. Sandy wow. Ornelas from Sandy Boo Photography going to be coming on. Um, Miguel and Carolina from Credit uh, Serious Insurance mm-hmm. going to be joining us. So we got They're so much, yeah. so many great guests um, that are going to be coming on the show uh, this spring. I mean, even next week, our friend David McCormick, some music yeah, from Early Music America is going to be coming on the show. So we have just so many fantastic people that will be joining us uh, in the in the in weeks the ahead, yeah. in the Thursdays ahead, just the spring alone. Well, the we are booked through May. That's exciting. So that's, I mean, that's exciting. Ah, Maria, she's done a great job. Ah. You know? He was Fine. looking for you to say that. That's I, know, I know. No, no, I'm just. It's, well, he slipped. He slipped me ten underneath the table. <laughs> ahead. No, I didn't. I'm not gonna have. To, I'm not gonna pay you to say anything nice. But I'll just say it myself for that matter. <laughs> it's cheaper. I did an amazing job booking through. It's only May. ten bucks. Not that expensive. It's still. I could buy two coffees for that. Or a bottle of wine. You see, the funny thing is, everyone doesn't realize that Xavier and I always measure things by how many bottles of wine you can buy with that. So if we say, "Hey, we saved twenty bucks on this." on this thing that we did we'll be like that's two bottles of wine absolutely two bottles yeah. of wine yeah. yeah exactly and sometimes maybe even three because they had that if you get a sale. sale at Costco yeah, yeah. Sale at I mean Costco they had that that, that Spanish wine oh, the Bordeaux the was like yeah. six yeah. or seven dollars Rioja is the Spanish wine Bordeaux seven times is three is 21 yeah. see 20 bucks that's three bottles of wine three I, had to, of wine. I had to throw another one yeah, in yeah. the yeah. unless you buy that Hungarian wine which is a little bit more expensive in which case you buy one well that's enough between Rioja yes that's true and Café Con Leche. And Café Con Leche. There we go. Oh, well, oh. gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure, as Absolutely. always. Love being on the show with you guys and uh, looking forward to many more A hundred more. A hundred more. A hundred more shows. At least. Wood, at least of today, mañana. So it's been a pleasure. Just want to thank you all. Thank you, Judah, behind the camera for being here for 99 <laughs> Thank you, Jerry, behind the camera for being one out of a hundred shows. Yeah, we couldn't have done that one without Jerry. Let's, be honest. Without Let's Jerry, be honest. You and I certainly didn't know how to run the uh, no. run the computer back there and, and get this on the show. And just thank you, our audience, for just always being supportive. Thank you to our partners, 
um, that make this possible, that literally exactly. make this possible. Um, Forward Adelante, the Jim Seville, Craddock Serious Insurance, Castle Hill Cider. Just really appreciate all of you and, and what you do uh, for today, Manana. Thank you, Emergent Financial Services, for presenting uh, today, Manana. That also wouldn't be possible <laughs> without, uh, without uh, that presenting uh, partnership there and just really appreciate all of you for your questions your comments and for constantly sending us people you can't can't tell you how much we appreciate people like Daniel Nellas Philadelphia that send us amazing people to feature uh, on the show Um, great members of our community so we we appreciate all of you we look forward to seeing you next Thursday and many more to come but until that time as we like to say on the show hasta mañana One hundred, that's a wrap. One hundred episodes.